damn dirty ape. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Weird Science DC Comics podcast. It's a TGIF, Eric. It's thank God it's Friday. And that means you, you are going to go nuts, right? Is that what it means? Oh, my goodness gracious. We have three books tonight. And I, I don't know. There's not really a theme. It's more of the idea of, yeah, let's just throw those books there. Yeah, it is the outliers. Actually, one of which that will be in here, that DC versus Vampires All Out War that I had no idea was actually a miniseries. I thought it was a one shot. Or black, white, and red. Yeah, they yeah, I had no idea. All out war. <laughs> I mean, it's all out war. I end up and you have like a really cool cover with these characters. I'm like, all right, let's go. We were even talking, you know, Mary Marvel. You love Asriel. Yeah. You end up even Booster. And you're like, all right, man, this looks it's cool. And I go team. into it. I'm like, what the hell is this? I mean, I don't mind the, the black and white art. I read a lot of manga. You know, you I mix do. in a little and red there, well. whatnot. But. The idea that this annoyed me was because whoever thunk this was going to be it. It makes no sense. It's not that gimmick. So why is it? I mean, somebody's going to say, well, you know, red vampires. No, no, no. I, I, I want to be able to be see. And I think that you're already putting an obstacle with some people who I think people are going to be upset. When they open it up and go, what the Man, heck they ain't is gonna going know on until here? they buy it. It's already in their pool list. They're going to go pick it up. Like, what is this? Oh, damn it. Well, I guess I bought it already. Well, yeah, I guess. But I, we'll have to see the sales from the first issue to the second and see if there's more of a drop than normal, even though we can only see the rankings or whatnot. But it, we'll get to that. It, it just it confused me. I just sat there shaking my head. Why? Why? Why are you doing this without because actually spelling it Because we need more of that vampire out? money, but we don't want to pay a colorist. <laughs> that, I, that's what I'm like. Okay, well, we're gonna do the vampire. Hey, everybody! Let oh, we only have red, <laughs> black. All right, let's go with it. Uh, it's very odd. We don't but need that's a colorist. A we need a tonist. Yeah, tonist tones. It says, but we're not starting with that. We are actually starting with a book that kind of confuses me as well. You end up having this Dark Crisis Young Justice book as a tie-in to the big event. And it's one of the main tie-ins. Like we say, Flash is tying in as well, but that's the regular series. And in the meantime, it's tying in. And we're going to have other going things. going on for it than it this does. does for and a that's Dark what confuses me. Right now, is that's what it feels like, at least. And so is this Dark Crisis book, do you think that really it's to just kind of set up the Tim Drake solo series that's coming out in the fall? Because if it is, I, I like think Batman's that it's a bad doing more play. Well, I think this is a bad play because it's going to be written by Megan Fitzmartin. So you have the same writers. That's why I say maybe that's the case. So but I'm is going to get, be... get my Connor Kent Superboy and Bart Allen Impulse solos as well then coming out of this. No, but oh. I bet you they'll show up in the, that series. I, I think that that might be. I don't know. And so with that, now, this isn't going to be the same writer, but I saw that some of the people hated that Flash book in the future state so much that I do think that like they that avoided one. coming back with it. But it was a different writer, but it's still and I'm worried that people are going to be like, yeah, I didn't really like this being the same writer. And maybe this was a misplay. But again, maybe it isn't. Maybe it's going to show us like who to avoid and whatnot, because I don't think that Megan Fitzmartin does a very good job of really presenting her ideas. Well, me and you were talking, we kind of get the ideas what she might be trying to do. But it's in such a weird way that she does it that I think it's going to turn off a lot of people before they even get to the point of realizing what this should be or could be all about. But we'll just get into it, Eric. What are the stats for this? 
Dark Crisis Young Justice number two, written by Megan Fitzmartin, with art by Laura Brago, Luis Guerrero, and Pat Rousseau. And in this issue, we continue our romp in the dream world of the Young Justice of Tim Drake, Connor Kent, and Bart Allen here, where they're fighting the mighty endowed. And this time we have Cassie Sands, Mark Wonder Girl, show back up. But I'm still pissed off that she's not in her original iteration. She's in the phase two iteration of Wonder Girl. It's fine. But it just becomes this weird idea like, oh my God. What is going on now? Why are these trio of Young Justice members back in 1999 in their so-called dream world? And how does this tie into Pariah and the, and the Great Darkness? And from reading issue number two of this whole thing, it really doesn't feel like it is because we have, like, you know, Fitzmartin here talking about the idea of how we've moved on in comic books, right? The idea that not only is it's all about moving on in general, like from, from nostalgia to everything like that, because even the idea where at one point in time in the late 90s, early 2000s, you had Tim Drake, Bart Allen, and Connor Kent who were the successors to the other, like, you know, the versions of their heroes, like Batman, Flash, and Superman. That's why Superboy was created, to be the next Superman if Superman died. We have moved past that now. Now you have John Kent, Wallace West, and you have Damian Wayne and a slew of other back characters in the mix. So the idea that these three have been put on the back burner is such a weird idea because we're presented with the idea that we need to move on from the ideas that we once had 20 years ago, but we're also using this thing a t a way, as a way to pretty much say... And you know all that stuff that you liked back in the late 90s and early 2000s? Well, that was toxic and it's terrible and you shouldn't like it anymore. I'm like, you can't present this here because the reason that people are picking this up, a Young Justice book, is because we were fans back then for the most part. Unless you're just picking this up because you're a fan of the cartoon. But for the most part, with what you're presenting here, even the events of what's going on in this dream world, this is based on nostalgia for these characters in an era where things have moved and have moved on. They've changed, but you can't shit on this because it's no, like, you know. And that's the problem. That, that's this what is, I this think. Is where, like a lot of people became fans of these characters. Yes. Yeah, so what what it looks like at me and you, I mean, I'm a dummy. I, I won't say you are, especially with Young Justice. So. But with that, you know, we both read it. And I said to you before we started, is this Megan Fitzmartin railing on toxic nostalgia? You said, yeah, I think so. Is it also railing on the fact that these beloved characters never did get to progress to what they should have been? Yeah, yeah, that's what it seems. But the play here is weird because first off when you end up having people still do love the young justice team even if they haven't progressed they which love is this ridiculous team. to think because even ben is bringing the young justice back and the idea that after new 52 everybody was de-aged again especially when they you know everything mattered again when rebirth happened where he brought back more of the feel of dc comics legacy but we moved on from Young Justice. These characters became the Teen Titans and moved on past this. It's just the writers at DC Comics and DC Comics themselves who refused to ex accept what happened in the 2000s, and they keep bringing it back to this. And even the idea of the writers like, oh, we've moved on. We have new characters to take over, but that means you're not doing anything with these characters. Though. So the reason that they can't move on is because you aren't willing to let them move on, DC yeah. Comics. Yeah, DC Comics itself. And maybe she's railing on that, but the weird play there is this other little bit where you know, the big play is Batman. And when he says, oh, you being bisexual, Tim, that's just a phase. Now, this is just so mainly so Tim realizes this is not right. Batman Wait would never say second. it. But you're also going in what I got more where I thought was more of kind of bad was when Impulse goes, man, I like the view from down here. That That's fine. I mean, OK, 
But when they go, oh my God, did I talk like that before? Was I that awful? I couldn't yes, have been that awful. <laughs> and that's the, the thing. And now what you're saying to the people reading this, funny. and a lot of people who are reading this time are young justice fans. It's even not even done as well as it could be for exaggerating. Because even the idea where you have the character Tora, like, oh, we have to go fight this character called Tora, a villain of ours. But I don't remember her being this cartoony and over the top. And that's the thing is, it was the 90s. This is how things were. And that was fine at the time. We've moved on there. But you can't erase history like this just because and like all you're doing is going back and making fun of it. you're not progressing the characters. You're just saying, man, things were weird 20 years ago, weren't they? And I'll yes, go further. Yes, I'll go further because when you're doing this, an impulse says, man, <laughs> kind of like the view from down here. And then almost like Megan Fitzmartin is then shaming the reader of saying, yeah, remember when they used to say that stuff and you laughed and liked it? You're awful because Which we don't do that anymore. Which is funny because Superboy talked like that too the entire time. Like Robin was the straight man throughout the whole thing where he was not like cutting gags and stuff like that. That Barton, wasn't commentary, like, wasn't it? No, it was not. Okay. Yeah, Bart and Connor though, they were horn dogs. They were all about the female form and they would constantly do it. And if you're going to talk about this era too and you were back and in this. things have changed. We understand this. It feels weird though because we're going back here, but we're not going back full enough in my mind to really do stuff because things aren't matching with what they're doing. Like here's the mighty endowed back at the beginning of Young Justice. And for some reason, they already have the super cycle. And like Wonder Girl doesn't look the same. And even when you have Superboy with his actual Kryptonian powers instead of his tactile telekinesis, which was the most, it'd be actually the best nostalgia thing to do because at the time was the most annoying thing going on. Now it'd be funny where he could not stop telling everybody about his tactile telekinesis or his TK powers. It was a thing in every issue he showed up. He had to say it in the comic book so people knew what kind of powers he had. I wish he'd bring it up here and not have his Kryptonian powers. Speaking of TK powers, Eric, I'm going to tell you, we already had the one Tom King deal, the world without Justice League Superman number one. And when we were talking about that, we were, you know, getting upset and talking and arguing, not arguing, but getting upset about the idea that did the fans want, you know, this toxic bringing up raising of John or did they just want to see Superman with young John again? Because I thought it was just, you know, they want Superman and young John. That's where Tom King, I think, lost focus of what he thought the fans might want and end up giving us something different. I think this is the same thing, because at this point, yes, most fans like you would say, listen, it is kind of bullcrap. Connor should have been able to be Superman eventually. Tim Drake should have been Batman. You know, and well, we still have the watched. Titans of tomorrow, if possible hyper time. But my future. play is, though, that's well, not what this book evil. is, though. This isn't that book. You <laughs> no. want Young Justice now. You want to see that's the, the Young Justice is, team because you haven't seen because it. Because I moved past Young Justice freaking 15 years ago where they became Teen Titans. They, they grew out of this, and now they were de-aged back into this to the point where even the idea where, like, we have to move it past because you're not going to be the characters that you thought you were 20 years ago. But the thing in this is Impulse did grow up. He did become the Flash. He was de-aged once again, but he was Kid Flash at this point. But he had his time in the sun as the Flash. He was able to do that. But we're just forgetting and like because of the commentary that needs to be spoken here, we're just tossing away some of the stuff that like, you know, we don't want to talk about because it's not convenient. Yeah, I actually think most fans want them to be just Young Justice. That's why they have a cartoon still. That's why people well, are begging not exactly for another young series Justice, and though. stuff like that. But I'm saying th when you have this, I don't think the end goal of anybody who's reading this is like, I want to see Tim Drake come out of this as Batman. They just want to see. And this is the thing you can go back to this 90s era, which they, you know, they have books that kind of do that. You don't have to have, and we say this, Beast Boy in any Teen Titans book is still a horn dog, sure and is. it annoys us. So we do want character progression, but to have this weird play that Megan Fitzmartin pretty much just says, hey, remember that team you love? Well, that era sucked, and it was toxic, 
and also everybody else's bullcrap because they didn't allow these characters to progress and become these big. Well, there's a problem with like a Tim Drake. He's not going to be Batman. Bruce is Batman. He's not going to get to be anyway. No, even the so idea even in that, past Bruce, though. Yeah, and even that, though, he says, well, I know that Damien might be eventually, like, it, it doesn't be, even yeah. really play out very well, the idea of it and well, all that stuff That's why Tim became Red that. Robin, because Damien was Robin well, at that point Well, and that's what the silly thing is, where you say, and I get you're saying that you're missing some things there, where he's like, I can't be Robin for the rest of my life no shit you've already progressed past that like i don't like that's fine and then went back for some reason that you're in there here's the cow like oh my this is my dream of all dreams and and this is supposed to make people that love these characters happy and it's just thrown in there in a weird way but mostly this is a dream world well the the, the dream world isn't even the biggest problem i have with this because we have detective cassie sandsmark still on the case i need to find bart connor and tim I'm going to ask freaking Arrowette to help me, even though this aspect of the book as well was like we passed this up in Teen Titans and Young Justice as well, where we had Sissy as Arrowette on the Young Justice team. She was about to kill a guy and take revenge. Superboy talked about it and she realized, you know what, this life isn't for me. She left the book, stopped being Arrowette and only came back sporadically to help the team out. But the way that she's presented here, like, you know, it's just that she doesn't give a shit about this. And even the idea of why she's not Arrowette anymore because of the drum, like, That's not why you stop being Arrowette the way it's presented here. And just, I can get where they're coming from because with, you know, Sissy going off and doing her own thing, she was even in the Olympics at one point in time in the like, you know, I think 2000 or whatever it was. I forget when the Olympics are, but the idea that we now have like Cassie looking for help. And the thing is, none of the Teen Titans or Young Justice, whatever you want to call them, he never really did go and hang out with Sissy when they were like, you know, we're doing Justice League stuff. I mean, uh, Teen Titans stuff. So the idea that she's pissed that, you know, you only come and see me when you need help. That's, that is a dick move. And she's right about that. But the idea about who she is and why she does, does certain things, it just feels weird the way it's presented here and takes away from the character and why she left all of this. And even the idea of like Cassie and her friends, even when Cassie says like, she's at one of these prep schools, I don't have time for this. I'm like, you, you were enrolled at one with exactly. her before. It seemed weird. And, and that's where I think that, you know, Megan Fitzmartin is kind of twisting and turning the characters. Maybe, to, like I said, maybe to set up what's going to be in that Tim's side. I don't know. But even the fact where, you know, they're talking and Sissy's like, well, you only, it's all boys. Those three boys, those toxic boys, they end up making you do everything. You always do that. And the toxic boys like, Superboy talked you out of murder. <laughs> right? That's in the regular world. It's in the real that, world. Yeah, that's the real one. That's not even the toxic, you know, the nostalgia world. Of being a superhero. That's why Sissy quit. I'm like, God. No, no, don't do that. And so it ends up and almost like the, hey, we had to follow the boys and the boys were always making us do this and they were awful and they made us do that. It just felt weird. Also, just the progressions between the different worlds and whatever, it kind of threw me off a bit as we were going. And then, you know, then I got kind of got it. But really, all this is so far is having the three guys and you know wonder girl in there but who knows what her deal is well, wonder in this, girl world. At this point in time because even when we leave it just seems that every time the our trio of young justice characters try to figure out what's going on why we're in she this kind of weird time to, like exactly they're kind of pushed to the next new thing so they don't have time to deal with that and at the one point when they're driving the super cycle you see a reflection in there of what's a new character that's going to be introduced it's a mixel plick jr who seems to be the big bad of this and it's going to be a weird idea where if Mixel Plick Jr. is the big bad, this actually seems like it has nothing to do with nothing the Dark Crisis. Nothing to do with Dark Crisis, right? It just happens yeah. to be another dream world that's not like, you know, pariah oriented or Dark Crisis, I mean, or um, or Great Darkness oriented. It's just Mixel Plick fucking with some young heroes. Mixel Plick Jr. fucking with some and young maybe heroes. What they'll, maybe what they'll play is the idea that Pariah Darkness went to Mixel Plick Jr., said, hey, you deal with the young kids. But then again, that's like, 
that's such a trope. Like, get the young kid of Mixoplick Jr. to deal with the young kids. And even then, when you go back to the regular world, you know, they're still like, well, I'm kind of more worried about the Justice League disappearing, but nobody seems that worried. And, uh, you know, who cares about them and uh, whatnot? It just felt really weird. And even that little deal with that Mixoplick Jr. reveal as <laughs> it's so weird, like things are not well set up in here. But again, you go back to this world that they're in and you said. I don't said, know what, you know, Cassie's supposed to be doing as Detective Cassie here to get to the bottom. It's like, all right, I recruited Arrowette, who's pissed at me and said, this is the final time to go. You know what we need to do, Arrowette? We need to go find the Red Tornado because you remember what he was the dead mother of the Young Justice 20 years ago. That's why we have to get him now for some reason. But in order to find Red Tornado, we have to find his brother, Red Volcano. He's not a good guy and we have to battle him and hope that the Red Tornado shows up. And after he does and saves us, we then talk about how we know he's doing Justice League work, and why did we have to do any of this if you know he's doing Justice League work since the Justice League is dead? I don't understand any of this, and even the idea that we have Red Tornado drawn the way. I love the art in this book for the most part, but this goes back to the Young Justice style of uh, Red Tornado, where I hate the ro- like android look of him. But if you go back to when he was on the Justice League, and you had the whole more human John Smith Red Tornado look to him, I love that. So going back to this, you know, noseless monstrosity of Red Tornado, I'm like, I don't need this version. And what is this android going to do for us? Except for being nostalgia. You must not have liked the boomerang at the end, then. then. Oh, my because God. Big baby Christ. boomerang. Because baby boomerang. Even this you whole that idea. Bro, baby boomerang. Holy moly. Where, like, oh, my God. The, the trio of kids are talking about, like, you know, what's up with this world again? Oh, man, there's zombies. All right, we got to stop them. Oh, man, there's Deathstroke, Lex Luthor, and Captain Boomerang. And Boomerang's done up in the style of, like, you know, identity crisis, right? When he's gotten too old, he, when he killed Tim Drake's father to be this, you know, kind of torment for tim when like you know they eventually do fight, battle them but when they get to happy harbor and it's deathstroke luther and captain boomerang captain boomerang he looked he looked haggard and hero like uh, identity crisis before he died he was getting long in the tooth but when you look at him here he is big baby boomerang he looks like a goddamn monstrosity and he makes me giggle and so when you're going through this again Nothing feels right. Well, even like Bart Allen, when he's talking about the idea, when they, you know, the, hey, the Just League want to talk to you three. Let's go up to the, like, the, the uh, to the satellite and we're, I don't know, the, the moon base and we're going to talk about things at the, like, I want to say Hall of Justice, but now I can't remember what it was called, but the moon base. But the idea where, man, I don't like talking to Wally. I miss Barry. I forgot how hard it was talking. Like, no, you don't, because when Barry came back, you were pissed that Barry came back was going to be the Flash again because Wally was your Flash because all the time that you spent with him as Kid Flash. And like, I, I can understand where you're coming from, from this era, though, but like where it, like it took time for Wally and Bart to get together. But for some reason, like Bart, like for when Re- Flash Rebirth came out and Barry came back to life, Bart was furious with this whole concept of Barry being the Flash again because he didn't feel like he earned it. Like it was his time to be the kid Flash and then eventually and all this other stuff and leaving Wally behind. Like he doesn't feel this bad about Wally that it's presented here. Yeah. And some of the big things are when they say to, to uh, Cassie, hey, and I'm talking in the dream world. Hey, you know, we got to find Wallace, John, and Damien. And uh, who? I never heard those names. So there's the deal. And she definitely is. Anytime they are starting to figure something out. Hey, guys, let's go over here and do this. But when they go up, it made me laugh because I guess you can play the deal of it because even I think Bart says, isn't it weird? Like you start talking about something and people are saying things that don't make sense or they're not listening to you or whatnot. But when Wally is in there and he's like, Hey, everybody, welcome to Flashland. We have all the trophies up here, whatever. I'm like, there's nothing in that room. <laughs> you got a couple of workout machines <laughs> and a treadmill. And that's not even the cosmic treadmill. I'm like, is this supposed to show some? Because when you read this, you can twist it into making it 
work, but it no, doesn't make no, sense you cannot. because, well, then again, it's Wonder Girls like, yeah, oh my God, look at that boomerang. I'm like, what are you talking about? You we guys are, are in insane. a small workout space on the moon base. Oh my God, boomerangs, <laughs> cosmic treadmills. It's no wonder you're so funny, Bart. You've got the silliest things. I'm like, there are two regular treadmills, two freaking bu- like exercise bikes, and a freaking like a, 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 a lifting flex. machine. Yeah, yeah both like flex, flex. And then like, on the far it's end, like dumbbells. You actually have a dumbbell rack. And I'm like, what <laughs> are like, you really? talking about, Cassie? Like, what are you guys talking about? And I don't know if that's, and it's funny because it's Flashland. Get to working out. <laughs> I flash don't land. know. You're going to get a runner's body, and that's a flash fact. Exactly. Somebody did something wrong, or that's to show it's that it's, it's not wrong. what's happening. It has to be. But then I'm looking at all the other times, and you at Bart Reality, you still only see treadmills, not cosmic treadmill, right? Nope. Like it never changes. I was waiting for one thing. There is another thing in this. That's something I could do. I could buy a treadmill and call it a cosmic treadmill and still not use it. Yeah. It's so odd. But even when you go and, you know, it gets goofy. Like you said, Toro and that, hey, always cartoony. Okay. Then all of a sudden it's zombies and they start, you know, doing all this stuff and they can't can't fight. And it's a weird play even at the one point within a couple panels, you have Bart say, I can't access my speed. I can't go fast anymore. Two panels later, he goes, you know, I could run fast and get back to where we're going. I don't know. No, no, no. You just said, I don't know either. And it's a weird part because for the most part, like while this is still confusing because you want to know what's happening. I do like the Oreo sandwich flying though, Eric. I have to admit that with the three of them. I think the issue is better than the previous one for what it's trying to do. It's just. I don't think she's well. She's not doing it well. It's not. It's not being done well, but there are some moments in this where I look back and see the nostalgia and realize like, oh yeah, some of that stuff was really goofy that I like, but also. I was like their age or even younger at this point in time when yeah, I was reading that stuff. And I, I'm telling you, I was growing up with them until DC said, no, 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 You're, these guys ain't growing up no more. But at this point in time, it was fun because I was a 16-year-old reading about 16-year-olds and whatnot. And I could move on and I could laugh and see all this different stuff. But it almost feels like you're almost attacking the reader who are fans of these things at times. And I'm like, hey, look, I can get behind a lot of what you're well, doing that's here, what but I, was I think trying you went to too say. far and it's not as focused as it should be. Yeah, that's what I said at the beginning. Like, what do people at this point want from these characters? And maybe they, you know, hey, Bendis really mucked things up. Hey, this will be cool. We're going to have a dream well, world. We're going to get what we want. In place here and we're not progressing like we were. Like, the no. New 52 did its own thing. I'm not going to blame that because... The characters were like went back to being younger, but they were different versions of the characters, a little darker, you know, doing their own thing in that world. And then when we reverted back, like, okay, none of that new 52 nonsense. The timeline's been fixed. And now let's revert everybody back to where they were in 1999. I'm like, don't do that either, because that didn't work. And now you're just doing it again and reminding us what happened 20 years ago and how there has been no progression with the characters. And I don't. And again, I'm not as big a Young Justice fan as you. But when you get the idea, to me, what I've read and what we've talked about and whatnot, you know, it is the camaraderie of the of the kids and the team and all that. And then when you end up having this like, oh, man, you should be. You have Superman. Say to Connor, you were always supposed to be. Well, what about John? What about this? No, no, no. You're Superman. Now he's like, I think I want to stay. And it, it ends up. I don't know. I don't get the team aspect of this as much as just. Megan Fitzmartin trying to show you these individual characters haven't been able to progress. But like you said, you have to think more about it and why they haven't been able to progress. The only time that Tim has said anything about, hey, I think I want the cow again, is in Megan Fitzmartin's deal in Batman Urban Legends. I think that he kind of wants to be his own guy. He wants to do his own thing. But in this, it's just like, you know, oh, I know Damien's going to be that eventually. And I did tell that to, again, you bring up that detective that nobody remembers from that Urban Legends deal. And she's trying to connect all this stuff in. But Connor just, he wants to be Superman. He wants to stay. 
And that Impulse is the one who's like all weirded out. He's like, I don't know what's happening here. I'm, I'm so confused. It also feels very weird here that you have these three best friends stuck in a dream world. They're trying to understand of their past and like, you know, just a jumbled mix of their past. But when the idea when they have their individual meetings with their mentors and stuff like that and what they want out of this dream world and, and in life in general, the idea where, you know, Tim gets the like the like Batman says, oh, you're going to grow out of this phase, you know, the phase you and yeah, Steph, you're destined bisexual. to be together. You're going to get back together. But when the three meet up later on for lunch, like he said, you're going through a phase. And then like, I don't know if when Superboy says a phase of what? And then he's like, uh, Tim says, I don't want to talk about it. I'm like, yeah, does Superboy not know that you're I guess bisexual he doesn't. because he is your best friend. Is this something that we're going to work towards? And it just feels weird not to talk about it, but almost the one who says he said you're going through a phase is impulse I'm like does impulse know but not connor i have no idea i don't know either and that's what i'm saying i'm not really getting the you know best friends vibe as much in here as just three kids that are stuck in this thing that they were on a team trying to figure it out and the worst part of looking at these characters like the way that they're brought back now like oh my god look at these guys they're back the way they looked back in 1999 i'm like we just did that a couple years ago like there's no reason now like if, if we could take out of the dream world Connor Kent still looks like this for some reason. Like, yeah, he put him back in the leather jacket nonsense. And even Impulse, he is a young kid in his Impulse costume. You, you, this is not, this is no different than what we normally have. And it feels weird to talk about it because it just makes me wonder what DC is doing in general, especially because we're taking our time to look at this, calling it Dark Crisis, and it doesn't feel like Dark Crisis. Yeah, it doesn't. And well, I mean, one of the good progressions I thought was funny was the idea that they're like, okay, what are we going to do next? Where are we going to take villains? You know, you end up, hey, you know, super cycle. Like they just end up like it, things happen. Like super there's cycle. not even a progression, and they're there. Like, oh my god! Like, what is trying to you know mess us with this and what? And it does look like impulse realized. It becomes a nightmare, almost like in a Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two, Freddy's Revenge, where like the bus ride nightmare, where all of a sudden you're just driving in the desert and the road cracks open, and they're in the middle of nowhere now, even though they were just in a city. Like that's what it feels like. Like things just shifted. Now you're in a nightmare, and Mixelplex is not going to let you get to the bottom of anything. And and that's bitch. where they should start worrying about things, bitch. But when you have Batman, I'm and again, Megan's a Martin, dream. It's a nightmare. The the problem with the Megan's at Martin and this thing with Batman, you have to realize that if you have on a panel where Batman, you know, straight up says to Tim, "You being bisexual is a phase. You'll get out of that. You'll go back to Steph. You'll go back to spoiler." That's going to be grabbed and put on the internet as if, it, and, it and I understand, but it's not. That's not the play. The play is uh, almost like this. In my mind, they're like, you know, dream in the dream here. And if something doesn't jive, it does not compute. Like all of a sudden, what? Like this Batman in this dream world of the late 90s, early 2000s, Tim Drake, he's dating spoiler, all this going on. It doesn't compute. So, oh, that'll just be a face. That's an awful thing. But it's an awful thing. So that Tim realizes that this isn't real. Batman would never say that. And I just thought that's kind of how I feel about this whole issue is that Megan Fitzmartin is trying to tell you something, but she's not, she's just not doing it well. She's, she's kind of, you know, giving a little bit, like we said, you, you almost feel like you're getting attacked for liking the old young Jess. I don't think that that's what she thinks. I think the more thing is, is, Hey, everybody like the young justice team should be growing up and about, so should we all, but did. <laughs> you could still like the, the books from before. And people do, people like this run and people like so it is a weird play of who you're trying to, you know, impress, who you're trying to get mad. I don't know. But the art does look good. And I do even like when they see the Justice League, like, man, that's like the Justice League when we first started out. Just seeing like, oh, look, there's Zariel and Huntress on the team. Like, yeah, that was a weird time. I'm still like, where the hell is uh, 
it was somebody else in the oh where's aztec at yeah really we'll, we'll get aztec later in the podcast it's a weird thing uh but yeah it, it's kind of a cool deal and it is i understand i i get that idea of connor i was probably at one point gonna say stuff like you know i don't get to do crap anymore. i mean i'm never around sure everybody forgets about me so i like it here this is where i this is what should have happened bring back and the so TK yeah powers. try to yeah try to push him away from that and he's gonna have to you know make a hero's choice at some point or whatever uh that's cool but i also thought that it was a weird play because legitimately they don't say wait a second batman's dead we were just at their funeral for crying out loud like you don't need batman to be awfully homophobic to know that shit is wrong and different here the justice league are right in front of you well the thing is he know he knows that the they, they know the things aren't right but they think they might be back in time they're even but why then do you need megan fitzmartin to have that bit with the they know that they're somewhere or whatever and that's not yeah, right even this is the real world it's not the real world they don't even really know is this fully time travel because things are weird it just kind of lays on at one point i would have thought tim would go up and maybe hug batman even even if it is time travel you're still seeing there's just a lot of clues here that i want you know detective tim drake to get to the bottom of right here because they're not right (laughs) well cassie's the detective eric we know this detective is on the case but yeah detective tim should right away be like this didn't happen the way this is happening right now yeah if i'm tim and I'm there and I'm like, holy shit, there's Batman. First, I would give him a hug, you know, whether it's time travel, whatever. Then who else is a pretty good detective? Well, I think it's Batman. You start talking to Batman about this shit and see what goes on. If Batman starts saying, because they, they're superheroes, they know what villains do. If you go up to Batman and say, listen, things are screwy, this and that. And Batman's, no, they are fine. You're like, all right, they, they got them. Let's go. We got to get the hell out of here. Because I would kind of tell Batman what he thinks is going on. You know, hey, I think we're back in time. I think that we might have done this. This is weird. I can tell you this. And Batman is kind of the also. Tim detective. should not say that to Batman because he doesn't want to show his hand. <laughs> well, I'm telling you, if you didn't know or whatnot, I'm telling. Give little hints and see what Batman says to know if this is really the Batman. But instead, it has to be that deal with the bisexuality and stuff. And I thought that might be a little bit of a misplay. But maybe you should hug him. Maybe you should give him a hug, right? Now. And then go, who's that Green Lantern guy back there? I don't recognize that Kyle Rayner. <laughs> the greatest the Green back. Lantern of all he's time. Like, of course he recognizes him. He's barely able to be seen over Batman and those spiked shoulder pads and Superman doing his. The, the way that Superman's rookie. standing there is how our baseball coach, Mr. Rodigero, used to stand to take a leak every day before the, the practice. And there was no stalls or Stop anything. He was, and I'm telling you, you couldn't miss it. He was just there. I, 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 I missed it. Yeah, you might have. <laughs> I did, Eric, but yeah, by the end of this, it, it's more confusing than awful, I think. And it's more of it's what is the, the intent of, of this and, you know, why, how does this really tying in when you start getting Mixleplick Jr. and stuff? Now you're, you're the one big, like, this is the only reason the series is here is because it's a tie into Dark Crisis. I'm just happy that they announced on, like, San Diego Comic-Con or whatever the announcement was today that that's the new characters being introduced because reading this, I'm like, the hell is that? It's just a reflection of somebody's face on the super cycle. I'm like, the fuck is that nonsense? Is that pariah? What is that? And that's the thing. You know who I, you know, I don't even know if it makes sense. You know who I thought it was? I thought it was Boomerang's kid. I actually, because, yeah, I, just because the hat, for some reason I thought, hey, he probably wore a hat like that. I couldn't remember what Owen looked like, but that's what I thought it was. Uh, and then I thought it wasn't like in the car. I thought he was like above them or something. I didn't know what was going on. Uh, but what would you give it? 
6.3 out of 10. Nah, I think I'm a 5.5. Again, it's I I need to know more about this dark crisis tie-ins of what they really are doing or meaning. And this one just seems wacky, especially going against the one we've had so far, Tom King's, that I didn't think was well played out either. So unfortunately, yeah, I'm, I'm worried that it's just going to be the side book that really doesn't have anything to do much with. And I don't want to have in the sixth issue like, Oh, by the way, Pariah told me to do this. Like, I, I don't need that shit. I, I need it to tie in. Case. Oh, yeah. I, I, I think it will be 100% that, and then I'll be mad then. But we'll move on to the next one, which is also a tie-in there, I believe, right? Would you consider it a tie-in series? Spin-off? Well, I'm just actually, I was just saying that because I couldn't remember if you did tell me that we were doing that next. Yes. So that was a little hint. But it is DC versus Vampires All Out War, number one. A series. Now, does this get us more mad? Because when we had that editor's note in issue seven, it said, oh, my God, the nightlight has been taken out. See All Out War. Well, all that right. means see all six issues of All Out War now. So that, that editor's note was real bullcrap. Not really. The thing is, in this issue, you can see the nightlight going down completely. It's written by Alex Pacnadal and Matthew Rosenberg. Art by Pasquale Polano. Tones by Nicola Raihi and Trey Pateri on letters. And then there's a backup. That's called Who's Trap? Which I thought well, I was. Who's the background in that? Uh, I thought it was Cass. Is I don't what know. I thought. I couldn't tell it, you. It was weird. I didn't think that at first I actually thought it was Barbara. Whoever it was has hair down past her ass all braided up. Well, you know, it's a while from now. But yeah, I'm like, is that Barbara? But then Barbara ends up like, yeah, that's her dad. She doesn't really react. So I thought it was Cass. And because we have no color in this, and I'm like, I have no idea based on hair color or costume colors or anything who this Batgirl is. And honestly, that backup means nothing. Maybe we'll have to ask a Gilliam Singelin, who did both story and art, but not colors, but possibly colors or color. Is what, what it really is. Tone. That's so funny. They, they changed that because there aren't actually colors. There's the inker. And then there's somebody who splashes red on stuff randomly. But yeah, you, you get into this and with the delay, that we've had with DC versus Vampires, the main book. We've had a couple one-shots, but at least those felt like, you know, they were together. When I go into this, this feels separate. It feels like something that doesn't quite jive as much as I want it to, and you don't really get many answers, and you kind of bring up more questions. Lazarus Pitts. Well, it's even weirder for the idea because we had that break in between issue six and seven of DC versus Vampires from the reveal of like, oh my God, Dick Grayson is the king of vampires. And then you had that hiatus. We had like, you know, hunters and killers and stuff like that. And you saw how the world progressed. And we always felt like, oh man, we moved on really hard. And it feels like a weird jump to where we are now. I don't understand this vampire world that we live in because we jumped so far in the future. And in this, we have, it's been a year that the vampires taken over. And in this is still before issue number seven, because in number seven, they have already said like, oh, the nightlight's been destroyed. So like, you know, that is the furthest thing in the future from here. And it just feels weird for how disconnected we are, because until that brief mention in issue number seven, we didn't even know this last bastion of hope, a council of people who have come together to see what's best for people. We just knew some motherfuckers hanging out in a subway station and like, you know, Alfred making them cucumber sandwiches. That's all we knew about. So this idea now is like we, this jump is now a year ahead and it just feels so weird and out of place for what we're doing. Because honestly, I and mean, we knew there was a jump. It just didn't feel like that far of a jump. No. And, and it's kind of a shock to the system when you get into this and you're looking for anything you can grab on that you will be able to connect. Now, obviously, we can connect the idea. Vampires won. Such yeah. a weird jump to just like, boom, vampires won. Everything's taken care of. The sun is blocked out. All these things going on. 
And then you get into this. And even when you see like a Constantine, we did see Constantine earlier in the DC versus vampires, but now he's an astral projection on this council of people. Yeah. And so we see him, but even that doesn't make me feel like, okay, now I'm getting my feet in here and whatever. And this feels like something, especially because as you said, in the seventh issue, they're like, oh, that's how night deal went down. The The nightlight went down. I'm starting to think like, do we need to read this? Is this something that we are going to have to read? Because one of the big plays was Harley going off with the, you know, the blood, the blood of Lex Luthor. Luthor. Anti-vampire blood. And then that kind of gets pushed aside. You have a delay, all these things. And now it's the Lazarus pits that we get, you know, thrown in here. And we only have one more and they end up using it. But it's intriguing, the idea. And I thought they were going to do it. I think this issue was kind of a funny deal of saying, we're going to bring back the Batman, which you would be like, oh, here we go. You're actually yeah. going to do this. But then they don't. They can't because things go wrong. And I thought that it was like. Which is such a weird play because in DC Comics previously, the idea that they were shutting down the Lazarus, like Batman was shutting down the Lazarus pits. I think it was him and Bane who were actually working together, shutting down the Lazarus pits until they realized, fuck, we can't do this. We done fucked up. The Earth actually needs Lazarus pits to survive. So the idea that the vampires have now destroyed all the Lazarus pits, except for one, that our crew of like, you know, unkillables here. That's what I'm just going to call them, the unkillables, but... Because that's what it reminds you of. You, uh, you yeah, said it right away. But the idea, like, okay, there's one Lazarus pit that the vampires haven't taken out yet, so we're going to take the Batman corpse, we're going to put him in there, it's going to come back, and Batman's going to be the, the ray of sunshine, the hope, the morale boost that we need to take back the world for vampires. And to do that, you have Deathstroke, Azrael, I'm sorry, Deathstroke, Blue Devil, and... And Damage. And Damage, I'm saying, but the Grant Emerson version of Damage is so weird, too, because... You know, he is the son of Al Pratt, the original Adam, and he got his face all messed up before, so he would never take his mask off. But when he shows up here, you haven't seen Grant Emerson do anything in so long now since I think I think he died in Blackest Night. But like in the last decade or so, you haven't seen this version of Damage do anything. And for some reason, they decided when he shows up here, he's going to be dressed like a mummy. I'm like, the hell are you doing? Where's the werewolf there? <laughs> That's what I wanted to know. They the got vampires. <laughs> oh, they got vampires. They got the Janculus. Yeah, he looks like a mummy. He got the Later, I, I do like the play. Later, I do like the play when he kind of gets messed up and he's like, man, my face finally didn't look like hamburger. That was kind of funny. It was because- good, but it's such a weird, weird character to throw out there to do that whole idea. Like he got turned into a vampire, his face healed, and then he got his face messed up again because they said, oh my God, you're a vampire. I mean, seriously, you say that, but you leave behind that the idea it's Deathstroke with Blue Devil and damage. I mean, this is a wacky team that comes in here and then they get attacked by Azrael Aztec and somebody that we are debating who it is. Yeah, possibly Shiva, maybe Huntress, I don't know. Uh, But you end up where they're in the Alps and and here's my play here too is you have this issue and we'll get back to the idea that this is black, white, and red. You have some scenes here that I think could have been really, really cool. I mean, just the idea that they have that plane, they land in the Alps, they're going in and a lot of times I had to sit there and try to squint in something. I'm like, I'm like at the mall and I'm trying to see what this painting is a boat. I just, it's very odd the way they, they play this out and why they would do that because even us joking about it, but it did bother me at points. I did have problems following some things because, you know, even the Batman corpse would have been something like, holy crap, look at that. But it, it blends in with the surroundings because it's just black and white laying amongst other black and white things. I do think that there's going to be other people who are going to be pissed that this was black, white, and red. 
and say, fuck this. I'm not going to buy it. I don't I need don't this like crap. I don't like gimmick books like that. I like comic books to be comic books. And when you have to say, all right, here's a story that you don't really need. And you know what? It's only going to be black, white, and red. I'm like, well, I don't think I really need that. And where's the gimmick there? I mean, that's the thing. That's where I kept saying. St- Here's what you normally get, but less. I don't, I don't like this gimmick. Superman, red, white, and blue. All right. I, I, I don't get even it. want that. I, I don't, g- like I don't it. either, but I'm saying at least I get that gimmick. What was the Wonder Woman? Was it black, white, and gold? Yeah, it was black, white, and gold. Or just black okay. and gold or whatever it no, was? No, I think it was black, white, and gold. Uh, and so, or you have Harley, you know, with the black, white, and red, because that makes sense even for her thing. And then you have over at Marvel, everybody's jumping in this. Then they get clever. And it's like, you know, Deadpool, black, white, and blood. Do the colors get paid by the color they use? I don't, I don't know. know. They ran out. What, what? During the pandemic, they run out of other colors but red? So you end up going here, and I don't get the concept. It's not making it better. It's not elevating the book any bit. I get it. Somebody And somebody will say, don't you get it? Blood, vampires. No, I don't get it. Because I struggled at points in the action scenes especially because all of a sudden – you, you can't have the differentiating between the background, the characters, and they're, and they're in a dark cavern. They're de- I was confused, and I don't want to be confused because some of this could have been really cool with characters that we don't get normally. Like Aztec. Yeah, Aztec. Or Aztec like biting damage. Blue Devil, and it's such a weird idea because the, since there's no color involved in this, for some reason they drew Aztec behind Blue Devil on the side of him, so it's really obscured. Biting his neck so you can't see him. Only one of the horns on his helmet poking <laughs> he's through. he's going crazy. So like, all right, I guess there's Aztec there biting Blue Devil, but why would you draw it on that angle when you can't differentiate? It took me a little to figure out what that was, mainly because, like you said, but also Blue Devil himself has horns, so this is kind of pushing out, and I'm like, I don't know what's happening here. When you end up having whoever, <laughs> it's random, whoever the girl is. We said we were trying to decide who it was. Uh, and Blue Devil's heads blow off. I like you can barely even see what's happening. You're like, okay, their head blow. All right. And then even where out of the shadows, Azrael comes and does bite damage, which is one of the bigger parts of and throws this him book. down a crevasse. Yeah, crevasse. That's I'm like, how many books mention crevasse this many times? Not enough in my mind. The whole play there, they're going for the you know the Lazarus pits. Azrael says, hey, and he's a vampire at this point, and says. I they wanted to ruin this last pit. I said, no, because you'll be drawn to it. You'll be doing stupid stuff. So I wanted to wait for you. And then kind of within this deal, the twist and turn, they end up being able to turn Azrael, you know, normal, a human and they heal him. And okay, that's okay. And in this, if you read it twice, especially you get that idea where Slade kind of hints at the idea that he needed Batman because the council Kind and of these Lazarus pits are and, used like they previously were before the New 52 and stuff like that, where you can only use a Lazarus pit one time and then it's finito. So that's the last Lazarus pit. We, instead of bringing Batman back, we brought, we cured Jean Paul Valley of his vampirism just so we can bring him back to the nightlight and him and Bane can have a little back, uh, back and forth about the time when he was Batman. Yeah, yeah. It's like, that guy, he ended up doing some real damage to me. You also have Kirk Langstrom there, current Man-Bat. man bat, and he's, uh, Currently a bat, it says, and he's looking at the blood work. And oh, what we have here with Azrael is just a normal he's human killed. being. And then you end up getting that little aside. That's okay. At least it's done naturally of, hey, I brought some more Lazarus. No, 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 that's not going to work anymore. That's just nonsense. We already used it. You can use it once. 
And so you end up where Slade really wanted to bring back Batman, but all he has is Asriel. And it made me laugh. It's like a meta commentary of what you always tell me about how much you hate Asriel. It's like, that's not good enough. Which is funny to me, but for how much I love Nightfall and that era of comics and like the how uh, when I was a kid, I thought that the Asriel Batsuit, when it was the blue and gold, was the coolest thing I'd ever seen because I was a young, stupid kid. I didn't know any better, but it was so 90s and so badass. And I'm like, I'm like, once he was done though with that Nightfall, Night Quest story arc and stuff like that, I never wanted to see Jean Paul Valley again because every time I did, he had to do some holy bullshit, and he always just brought the room down. And now it's like, all right, you don't get Batman, you get Jean Paul. Like, fuck. Yeah, and you get you get Jean Paul who is in his white ripped T-shirt, and that threw me off too. I'm like. You got to get him back in an outfit here. I can't even recognize that it's him. He's walking around. Mary Marvel's there. She doesn't do much. There's a lot of characters. She communes with the Captain Adams, who who keeps the solar energy going so they can produce their own food here. And we get we get a bunch of different characters. So you're going to see, and, and they're doing a good enough job of making a ragtag team of people and characters that we haven't seen in a while, characters that normally wouldn't end up joining up together. And you do have Captain Adam up above and he's using his power to pretty much give them some sunlight in the nightlight they're able to grow crops they're able to have their vitamin d you mentioned it you don't want to get sick eric and so it seems nice enough everything's going on but the big problem was damage ended up dying and so did blue devil so when they counsel calls slade and says what the hell were you doing you ended up going this was not sanctioned you were trying to bring back batman and then the term, which is kind of a clever deal where they figure it out. Yeah, we would have let you do this. If you would have come to us, we would have had a better team probably and more pay- We would have done this, but you still went on your own. Why was that? And of course, Eric can be proud, led of the metal men figures it out. I like that. It's led. That is dim-witted. Why would you have him because on the I council? Because I think that it's supposed to be so obvious, but they can't see through the trees or something unless like, uh, I think you wanted to take over. Like, are you the everyman lad? Are you yeah, the yeah, everyman Yeah, bro? yeah, I think. I, it was so funny. And also... I'm not putting him on my council. Another more, line I liked earlier was when you do that blue blue devil and damage, and they're kind of arguing with Slade and like, hey, you know, asking him, you know more about these pits, like these Lazarus pits. Don't they come back messed up? He's like, listen, I'll, I'll take a fucked up Batman over anybody else. So please, let's do it. And that was kind of a nice little aside. But he wanted Batman to inspire everyone and and take over and you end up being this council because it's Slade. And and again, some of the stuff besides the black and white and, and I, I love get the red, interaction I of Slade and Midnight. It's something we should get more of in the main yeah, continuity. Yeah, design. really. And then there's Midnighter. He's just like me, and I fucking hate it. Well, and you say that. That's why I like when we have line. big events. I know. I thought that there was a lot of good lines in this. And that this is why I like big events where people don't like it, but you do get, and not that this is a big event, but it's kind of a, its own little thing. But you get character interactions you never get. You never see Slade and Midnighter. I, I don't ever There's see Bane Damage. And Gold hanging out. All of damage a sudden, Vigilante with, is killed by a vampire exactly. damage. Wild dogs hanging out in the sun. How, how often do you get to see Vigilante outside of the Peacemaker None. TV show? That's what I'm saying. That's why I like these things. I just wish this was easier to follow and add. I agree. And uh, even at the point where you get Miss Fleming. The, the former mayor of Metropolis. But when are we ever going to say, I mean, that's crazy. I was like, really? I'm just doing a lot of freaking weird callbacks from like, you know, the last 20 years. 
And lead. <laughs> like, this is kind of. Look, everybody loves the metal men. They should be featured more exactly, often. Exactly. Right. And you even have, you know, Just all Just don't these put them in charge of anything. Going down. Is that Mr. Bones in between Directed him? Bones, and, yeah. yeah Director Bones. So you have a lot of characters I that are in here. I don't know who the redhead is. Like, yeah. sitting next to Director yeah, Bones right know, there. I'm like, know. is that supposed to be like a weird slam Bradley or something? Or maybe. Like, or a Jason That'd Bard, maybe? Maybe Jason Bard. That'd be like, kind of cool. Jason Bard doesn't show up enough to really be a part of something in my mind like this. Especially when you can't, like, have any colors to really show them who it is or mention well, their names. Well, that's the problem. That's why we were even saying God, he's about redhead. Maybe that's Bard. Yeah. So with all Roy. of this, you end up having Asriel say, "Hey, everybody," and I I should just say Jean Paul because he's really just walking around in that ripped T-shirt, and he says, "You guys better stop fighting because you have Slade start fighting Midnight or everybody's fighting." And he says, you guys are way behind here. The, the vampires are way over the top. We got blood farms. We're doing all of this. You guys can't win. It's gone on too far. And the heroes, I'm sorry, like I did some vampiric shit, but it's all over now. And I'm sorry. Yeah. And so you better get together at least and go. And in the meantime, damage didn't die. And they say, he crawled out sure the crevasse as a vampire, <laughs> as a Draculus. He fell into the crevasse. He has to be dead. He shows up. He ends up taking down Vigilante, takes his outfit, and then basically goes up to uh, Captain Adam and says, I just hey, like buddy, the idea, though, because I don't know where you have Booster Gold and Bane just picking pumpkins like a bunch of assholes, and you need like damage to show up in the Vigilante costume. And it's just such a weird idea. It's only in my mind, sort of that like you know, vigil that um, Grant won't like hit the hit the sun's rays and stuff like that. But there's still holes all over this costume that he's wearing. It's like. I don't know, whatever it is, but he's just wearing Vigilante's mask and he still looks like the mummy everywhere else. So yeah. I'm like, how come when I everybody sees like, hey, that's not the Vigilante. I don't even know. it. At this point, they, he could just be like, hey, I didn't die. I, I fell in a crevasse. He's damaged. But yeah, and I don't even know how much everybody and else it's does. It's such a weird idea because he takes off the freaking mask and he's burning up for some reason. It doesn't kill him right away. He still has to banter with freaking, you know, Captain Adam about being a living bomb. and He's going to blow up. So then the. So then he'll blow up Captain Adam, which will blow up the nightlight, which kills everybody here for the most part. Well, most people. You're just going to have to have people left over. But it looks like the majority of our crew, especially the council, I think they're all going to die. Yeah, it's well, they're out in the farm. I area. think you'll be left with a death stroke and an Astral and that's we'll it. Maybe a see. baby. I mean, they were really pushing on Mary Marvel being part of this as well. Maybe so Mary I Marvel. think that she might stay. But I'm just going off of who I saw on the cover. <laughs> yeah, there's there's parts here. Well, there was Booster on. I'm like, I don't know. Booster's picking pumpkins and they're well, like, hey, his force field maybe still. Yeah, maybe. And it's like, hey, what's up with that booster? I heard he's a real dolt. Nah, he's just farmer, he's you know, fine. Michael. Well, he's okay. He's a good guy. Uh, but overall, a couple of the problems I have besides the artist, just, you know, it just doesn't seem like we need this right now. We had all those delays. Like, where was this then that may have been able to fill in a gap or whatnot in those months? We had no book. And then it just kind of happens and feels like it's just like a cash grab. And maybe this would have been a, a something you would get after the fact. Like you said, the Unkillables, that came after when Deceased was such a Agreed. hit. You started having these other books in. It's weird to have a all of a sudden a miniseries that just shows up right in the middle of the regular series that was awfully delayed. It just is a weird play. But I do like some of the interactions. Well, maybe it was supposed to come out earlier. They just couldn't lock down a colorist. I don't know. <laughs> maybe that's it. And they're like, well, screw it. Did we get that colorist yet? No, put it out. Even the play where you have damage walking with the vid and you have the, that, uh, what's it called? Butterfly. I'm like, I, I can't, but what are you doing here? What, what is this? And then you go. You but think that, that Ethan Avery, the, yeah, like the, the, new, the what is it, the New Age of DC the Heroes new version is ever going to be brought up again? 
No. Ethan Elvis Avery, I think yeah, his name no, was. Yeah, no, Ethan Elvis Avery is still worried. Uh, why are these, you know, military, why are they treating me bad and then throwing me on an island at the end? Oh, because you're a makeshift Hulk. I that's you. ridiculous. He's like, I don't know who got it worse, me or Brimstone. Brimstone that's what the, he's saying. Yeah, Brimstone got it way worse. And they're like, when's the War of the Immortals going to continue that Eric told it me about? It never stops. <laughs> it's immortal. You go to the next part, it's who's trapped. And, uh, yeah, this is nothing. It's that they are trying to signal who's left of the GCPD, including Commissioner Jim Gordon. Turn on the bat sim- signal, and then a Batgirl shows up and says, "Hey, y'all, motherfuckers are vampires." Throws down a solar bit and says, "I'm sorry that you have to die, Jim Gordon." Yeah, you're Batgirl. a good man. Boom, Batgirl. And I'm like, I don't know which one. And this is if it you does are, nothing for nobody. No, and if you are looking at the art of this, the actual thing in the first part to me plays more like traditional art with just yeah, less color. This is actually this backup manga, very style. manga, very manga esque, and some of it, like that Batgirl look, I think it's cool, and I would like like an updated Hirokawatu Batman that that whole the Bat manga would maybe yeah. be kind of neat because that kind of looks like it would be like the next level of it or the next part, but overall, it's nothing. Hirokawatu Batman with vampires. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's kind of the twist there where it's like, oh, we're calling, but no, no, they were the vampires. They were trying to draw. Batgirl out, but that's the end. Says the end. At least that's in red, Eric. But it's not because we'll go and we'll see how it goes and how you know we keep getting backups and things in each of them. It's just like you said, we're talking about it, and some of the stuff was cool. Some of the stuff was some lines were really cool, and we get characters that we normally don't see interacting with each other, which we always like. And we said, but overall, I just I don't get what this is and why it ended up being the way it was but what would you give it i would end up giving this a let's say a six i know the thing is i enjoyed this for what it was i'm, the really I'm going up to a seven because the okay. thing is do we need this with all the dc versus vampires maybe not but i'm still enjoying dc va- versus vampires for the most part so getting more story out of it doesn't hurt it for me it's just the gimmick is really throwing me off because I enjoyed the character interactions here, and I like to see how the world is falling apart one step at a time. I mean, I thought that this might have been one of those, and it kind of is, but isn't. But actually, it isn't. I would have liked to have seen that little progression of the year, and maybe this would have been the thing to do it. Well, that's in, instead been the of biggest foible in my mind with the DC vs. Fan, but that jump in time, because it really threw us off completely. It did. And, you know, I guess, well, what do you want to see? These All the heroes going down and whatnot, and... Maybe. I don't know, Maybe. but it, it did throw me off. That, that'll take up a lot of time. We only got like five issues left I in the main series. I was seeing red at, at points. So what the heck? I, it just, it threw me off so much, but you get used to it. But some of the action, and there's not a ton of action, but when you get it, some of it is a little hard to follow because of that idea of it being black, white, and red. But what are we ending the TGIF podcast with, Eric? Black Adam number two, written by Priest, with art by Rafa Sandoval, Matt Herms, and Sweet Willie Schubert. And in this, we continue Priest's idea of what Black Adam is as he's dying from a, uh, a necrosis <laughs> given to him by a fake dark side who's being controlled by Desaad. So in this, he has figured out who his next descendant is in the real world, his, like, you know, the, down the bloodline, and is a character named Malik White. And the idea is like, okay, Black Adam's dying. He's need to pa- he needs to pass his power on the family, which is a big deal. But he's going to do it to Malik just because it's the only person that he can find before he dies. And Malik, in the last issue, he's a, uh, a, a kid in med school. And he is a walking pop culture dispenser where it's just anything he might have watched over the last 40 years on television, he will throw you a one-liner. It's catchphrase left and right to freaking finish or start any sentence. And he was annoying as shit. This one, he's less annoying, but... 
at least in this issue, I am happy to know that the ideas that like Priest is working on is that we are dealing with the New 52 origin of Black Adam, where his nephew, like back in the day when they were slaves in Egypt, were in conduct as was. Well, they were like, you know, his nephew was bestowed the power of the wizard Shazam. He became the mightiest mortal, the champion of Shazam. And he's like, I want to give this power to my uncle as well. And the idea that he gave the power to his uncle before Black Adam, who was his uncle, betrayed him and ended up taking all the power for himself. Now, in this, it seems that all these years later, all these centuries later, Black Adam, even though he's dying, is still haunted by the betrayal that he gave to his nephew. So he's seeing him almost in like, you know, in a vision form as like almost a walking nightmare. And it's like, you know, haunting him. And I think since we never found out what actually happened to his nephew in the like the origin story previously, just that, you know, Black Adam, like you always suspect that he killed him, but this took the power, but you never found out. So I think we're actually going to explore some of that with this issue as I mean, the series as well. And that might be cool. And it would be cool. Like me and you know that that you're more of a Black Adam guy. And I'm telling you, though, that that whole concept and the start of this issue and how you do have him see, you know, his nephew and see all these things going. I, I think that that's lost by 80% of the oh, people reading I, this. The thing is, I agree. I was just happy that I was able to put my thumb on what the pre- what kind oh, of priest is working with. And this New 52 was like, okay, I could deal with that just because Priest's ideas that he's going with here, where even where you have a young Black Adam who's walking around mad about town without his powers and stuff like that, it's not a Black Adam that you've ever seen before. So putting that down, it was at least a big win for me personally to know what's doing. But when you start the issue out and you see the idea where he's being haunted by his nephew walking the streets, but then he walks into like a, a government agent who's taking down somebody and they start talking about democracy and politics in the freaking square and like stay out of conduct. And I'm like, I'm like, Oh, you know, this, this agent named Chuck. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck you're doing. And so what's going on here again, where you're already tying in a past you know and this is this thing that we had even with shazam when we get shazam we never know okay jeff johns is going to use his you know new 52 justice league tie in shazam deals you have a bunch of things so you're always wondering and this where it ties into you know that deal new 52 and what he's doing is already confusing enough without explaining it you could have had a better way to get people into it besides running into chuck with such dialogue as word on the street is Latimer a sage trying to fund a little democracy in your backyard. And then he says, it's not a saint, it's Wayne. I'll visit him soon. But meanwhile, a saint plants a chicken franchise in Sequoia Square. I'm like, what is going on? Bialian separatists running guns into the sandbox? <laughs> I had no and idea what they were the talking bo- about. At the bottom, because Bialia, country bordering conduct, sandbox equals Palestinian terrorists. Thank you. Thank hey, you. you think frying chicken is all and he wants also, to do in conduct? It's, it's translated from Arabic. I'm like, wh- why do we need all of this? Whether well, it's a Black Adam book, and I'm trying to figure out because what's going it's on in the story. Priest. And you're presenting a Black Adam I don't know, and you're presenting him with characters and politics that don't matter for what we're doing with the actual story right now. At that point, please, priest, center on the idea of exactly what that back, you know, origin story deal is, so that people who don't know that just come in here and say. I don't know, Blake Adam gets kind of Shazam powers. Let's go. And they're just confused. And you would not know and that that was something before. There's no editor. There's an editor note about the sandbox, but not a see origin story here or see that there. And then you just run into Chuck and start talking about politics mixed in with this guy's got a chicken franchise. I'm like, please get to the story because when you do, it's actually pretty interesting. And it seems like something that, you know, I'd like to follow. But at this point, 
Priest is doing what he did at points with even Deathstroke that people love, but more of the things that he did when he was on the Justice League book that failed miserably is not let the writer get involved, the reader get involved in the story and know what's going on. Because even as he's playing out this idea that he's haunted by this vision, you can't really tell exactly what's going on in my mind if you're a new reader because Black Adam's a mystical character. Things do happen weird and stuff like that. So please spell it out better. Such a weird idea, this. though, that this is taking place in the past from our first issue where he follows this vision of his nephew Oman into space after a yell Shazam. And the idea we get a background, the origin that I want to know, like, you know, what we're playing with. So you get the new 52 origin of Black Adam and his nephew Oman. The idea that he follows him in space, like, what is this game you're playing? And then they go through a wormhole where they enter space and where it seems like, you know, right then that fake dark side that ended up, you know, killing uh, Black Adam with a necrosis that's slowly eating him away is like, was the vision actually something that's haunting Black Adam for all these centuries? Or is it a vision that's inspired by Desaad, who wants to lure Black Adam out here to put this like, you know, fake dark side on? I don't know. It's only issue number two. We have a lot of no, time. No, it is only issue two. That's the thing. It just seems weird because after we see how, like, why Black Adam was in space fighting a fake dark side and eventually a side, we have that now. And now we're back to, like, you know, Black Adam dying. And there's Malik there and the idea, like, I need you to say my name, like, or say the this name so you can have my power. And it goes with the whole thing with the vision he was having previously to this. So maybe it's the idea that he did this because of the vision that led to his death. I mean, it might be haunting him this whole time because even the vision of Mon says, why couldn't you share the power? So even the idea of Black Adam giving this power over to somebody like Malik, whether he knows him or not, it is still family because that's how you I need think to, it's 100% like, that's the paper or the power a Black Adam that wants redemption realizes that he did There's something no redemption wrong for black, Adam. especially since he ended up screwing up before with his nephew. And that leads him also leads us to know, and that's a kind of a clever way to let us know that it can be passed within the bloodline. He even yeah. says, you're part of my bloodline. They ended up checking that out. One of many, but Black Adam, you, you you know from Billy that it's all about who you think is your family, who you feel is your family. Yeah. And and so though with family that, is what you make yeah, it, Black exactly. Adam. Uh, but I do like that. And even then I say redemption, but like you said, there is no redemption. So Well, even even Amon's vision says that to Black Adam, because it's like the idea where I want this to be something that's been plaguing Adam for centuries now, right? But everything that we have going on right now, from the first issue into what the present day of this, it feels like Man, I just had a vision like five minutes ago, and maybe we start thinking about things that I better get hey, on that right think now. I did some thinking time, but I hey, also that, like that Malik, this idea. He's my descendant. He's my family. I can pass my power on to family. There could be redemption, and the I hear the idea where Malik will not say this, the magic word of Shazam, and or, and then he has to like Black Adam has his people shoot Malik in the chest. So like, all right, look, either you say Shazam or you're gonna die right now. I'm like, that's a dick move. But even when he gets it, it is a dick move. the power comes over him. He has a bright white suit. And I think it looks pretty badass personally. But like, Eva, you shall be white out. I'm like, nah, motherfucker, we ain't doing that. Like, we have to get past the stereotypes of black is bad and white is good. Uh, and they say that. And even going towards this, it seems like Black Adam, one of his big concerns, which is what he usually is concerned. the last five minutes. Who's, well, I'm saying who's going to take care of Conduct. I mean, oh, he right, is right. dying now. And he says, you're going to end up. He, you he has concerned about that. Yeah, yes. he does say you're going to have to deal with, you know, make sure Conduct's fine. I mean, I think uh, that's the real kind of end deal. <laughs> but when he says, uh, yeah, you're going to be White Adam. And they have the freak out. I wish somebody would say, we kind of just went with your last name. I mean, your last name is white. So that's not why he was black. We Adam, don't though. really know you, though. I, I, I wanted them to say we, we didn't that know Adam you. Black over there. 
I mean, to me, it was obvious. It was just going to be what is the opposite of Black Adam. Unfortunately, it's the white-black deal, and Malik ends up calling it, that I really out. hated this character in the last issue for everything he does, but even the idea where he's upset this entire time in our present-day story, where like we are stuck in conduct. There's no doctors around, no hospital, especially because of the way that Adam's been running the place, but as soon as he gets the powers and the, it's no longer Adams, they're like, they can no longer pretty much hold him there. It's like, all right, I'm white Adam. I have the power now. I am teleporting us because you said we have a teleporter to the hospital so I can get this guy some real help here. None of this mumbo jumbo bullshit. And even though I am mumbo jumbo bullshit at this point in time with a big old bright freaking lightning bolt and white suit, I'm going to put on scrubs. And I'm going to do the best I can because I am a med student. And, and then I they like treat this him like idea shit. Of, yeah, they give him shit because he's a med student. But I like the the uh, personification, the characterization of Malik in this way more here than in the previous issue. I think there's a little play too, because at the one point, hey, you got to watch after conduct. And he's like, conduct? Yeah, it's your home. No, 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 Brooklyn's my home. Uh, but when they shoot him, that is a dick move. I mean, that is a real dick move. And he- like the idea, like there's no redemption for black and that's because you're a dick right up until the end. No, Adam. What the and, fuck? And <laughs> here's the thing though. Once you have Malik end up being white Adam, Pretty cool. I mean, he ends up where, yeah, he might be doing some things for selfish reasons. I think he's trying to say black Adam because he doesn't want to be white Adam. He's like, okay, this is fine, but uh, let's see. I don't want to do the country. I want to get here. I don't want to do this shit. And when he goes and, you know, it is almost like it's a weird play. If you go like a death sentence type of deal, which he might think of this as. I hope that I don't have to really be this. It'd be the same as somebody who you're either going to get arrested for you know, hurting something, but if they die, now it's a, a murder rap or whatever. And when they come out and say to him, I'm sorry, he didn't make it. You look at Malika, like, oh, shit. Like, now I have to be this? Like, no way. And I'm sure that the next issue or so, we're going to have that, you know, fighting back against. I don't want to do that. Then we might even get that little bit where even adding like the Shazam movie or when you always have this sort of thing where he starts doing weird things just because he can do them then. Yeah. Something will hit him that he'll see the responsibility and he'll see what it is. And, and I think that he'll become a hero in that. And in this, this it. But at the end, even though we got him help at the hospital in Brooklyn, we were informed that Black Adam did not survive. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where I'm like, where he's like looking down up. It's a murder rap now. I'm going for life as the white Adam. And that's a pretty cool deal. And, and in the that's next issue, it shocking. says, next up, Black Adam goes to hell and deserves him like. Well, shit, because at this point in time, it almost feels like this Black Adam book, issue number three, four, it's going to be a White Adam book, but no, it looks like we'll be following Black Adam down to hell as well. At least back and forth. Yeah, I think that we'll and end gonna, up I, seeing imagine that. Imagine it's going to be like a Christmas carol for Black Adam, so he changes his ways by the oh, end. Like, and that's the whole thing. He's going to see all those different things, the past, present, and future. And then at the end, Bendis grabs him and goes to the Justice League. It all works out. This is all the prelude to see why he deserved to be on the Justice League, even Superman though Priest said- Priest said that he has nothing to do with anything and never read anything, but it's not a bad deal to well, see, going, you know. Is, I'm going up to a 6.5 out of 10. I gave it a 6 out of 10 on the site because I I, th- I thought we were like this kind of, especially after that first part where we have to do the priest politics and talking about nonsense that nobody's going to understand without an editor's note telling you what these terms mean. All of that is nonsense, but I, even the idea of like, you know, going back and showing like the origins I like knowing it, but I don't know if you had to do it the way it's being done here. I don't know. I wish it was done more. I just clear. think that Malik I, was done better this issue than he was previously. And I actually look forward yeah, to the too. next issue because Malik, I didn't find insufferable here. So I'm going to go up to a 6.5 out of 10 where I originally gave it a six because talking about it may be happy for the, the next issue as opposed to the last one. I'm like, oh man, I hope Priest doesn't fuck this up. Yeah, I, I think I'm actually going to go up to a seven because nice. I'll admit, I mean, this is why I said I'm speaking experience. 
I was confused at the beginning and with the idea. And then once you said, I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, well, I know this. That I Even with that, I knew that New 52 origin. And I was a bit confused. I was, What's going on? And OK, I get it once they start going. But now him being haunted by it and then. Like, it's going to be like, a, instead of Dante's Inferno, like Theo's Inferno, you know, Black Adam's Inferno <laughs> down in hell, and he's going to have to work through trials. Did it, did it just weird you go. out calling Black Adam Theo? Yeah, it, it did. But then again, it's like Theo and Chuck. I never thought that Theo I'd Adam. be dealing with Theo and Chuck at the beginning of a book here. And even Chuck, like, it just, you know, Chuck. does some things. And this is where I will tell people Chuck, to forward. relax a bit and be patient. But I also say a little warning, because stuff like Chuck and things like that, whatever that was, that could play out big coming up like and i'm saying coming up like issue 10 all of a sudden oh my god we saw or it may be nothing and and that's the kind of thing with priests in books like a deathstroke we were really happy where some things that we didn't think were clever ended up being but then stuff like that justice league run that he did they they didn't end up being clever so i worry but this seems something more that he might be a little bit in tune and I'll give him credit because he did say in that interview that we talked about in the first issue, I think we talked about it on the Patreon spotlight, but it was that he didn't want to do this character. He said, no, I'm not interested. And they kind of, oh, come on. Nah, come on. And okay. He's like, I don't know what's going on with this character. And DC, DC said, we don't care. Yeah, we don't care. Just do it. Thanks but a lot, DC. he's already in his own little, but he's already tying in some continuity to it. Maybe it's yeah. not current deal. It's not dealing with anything like that. But he's showing that he at least has done some research on the character, saw something that he thinks. And that's what I like. I like and that's what we say sometimes with Jeff Johns. They'll remember something and you do it all the time. You end up saying, oh, I read this young. And if if I ever got to write something, I do this because I saw this, this and this. Well, he obviously saw this deal of something that would haunt Black Adam, especially then as he's dying. It's haunting him even more, even causes him to go to that. And, you know, how would he react to that and how would he go? And when people are flipping out, most people I see this week flipping out about this is that idea. And I'm glad you brought up the one thing. And I'll say, you see White Adam. People just see that they freak out. Oh, my God. I said it's his last name. I just think they didn't know what else. It's like you have to pick a username for somebody and you don't really know anything about him. So you go with what you got. But there's going to be more Black Adam. This isn't just the idea of, OK, we're getting rid. I see people already with videos and online saying, Oh, this is just to get rid of Black Adam. Why would you do this? Now it is a weird play, the story while the movie's coming out. But still, yeah. that's not quite that. This is something else. And this is looks like a redemption story of sorts where even he doesn't think he can get redemption. We might get that. Or he might end up coming back from hell and be pissed off and end up being worse. I don't know. And but there is no redemption from Black no, Adam. And there isn't. But here's the deal. Just and like I, Superboy Prime. I do believe. That the idea of, hey, I just want, there's no redemption for Black Adam. I agree with that. But is there going to be something that might be able to let him at least function and not have these nightmares of his nephew? Maybe we find out something. Yeah, he's already done way too many bad things. But really, by the time we are sitting here right now, that's 85% of the DCU. I have arguments with you. When I say, well, they shouldn't let this person in the Bat family, they've killed. And you're like, well, so is Cass, Jason, Damien. I mean, you go down the list like everybody has. So at this point, can anybody Hunters. have redemption? I don't know. Yeah, Hunters. I mean, but I like this idea of exploring maybe what has been making, you know, a, a villain here in Black Adam tick when we don't really, you know, you don't really get that. This reminds me of even what Cullen Bunn was trying to do with the Sinestro book. Things that like that. Book. When we get a villain book, 
that you're you're showing you know a little more of a human side or at least something that they're vulnerable or seeing them in a different light and i think that that's well played here so that's why i'm gonna go seven yeah i really like that sinestro book at the end of the dcyou was really good and some of the things at one point you had stuff like that going on a lot over at marvel these villain books and things like that so I do like this. It's a weird play. Like this is coming after and during where the big dog, Black Adam, he's the only survivor of the Just League. So you kind of have been forced into the idea that, oh, I guess he is a hero. We don't really know why or whatever, but he is. You said Superman must have solved this and went. (laughs) But when you get this, you you get more of a, a, you know, a look at it. And I I was one that when this book was announced in the Slack, everybody's going nuts. I can't wait. I said, I'm worried about it. I'm not really going to look forward to it until I go. But after this issue and after talking to you, I'm, I'm kind of pumped up. I want to see Black Adam in hell. I think that'll be funny. I, I just think that it I just be hope kind that of hell a, a is not just deal. a freaking like a parody and stuff like that, like we had with the Shazam book where it was just here's hell and it's casino. Pretty much it's just a regular world stuff Tim with Sheridan just hell there. in front of it. That was a hack writer. Christopher uh, Priest, sometimes he's not our favorite, but he's not a hack. He, no. he's pretty good and he's showing it here he just sometimes he gets a little bit over bored with some things that first couple pages in this one i thought was about not well played not well played with that the you can have that politics because it is conduct but you just went a little too much when you're look i understand that he's from conduct he has a different point of view and a world aspect that i don't because i'm american but that's not fun to read about like if you want to explore at least do it in a fun way I, i'm okay with that but do not make your entire issue about that because you're going to lose a lot of people while this is going on i thought the play could have been more where you have that like political talk because this is what him and chuck i mean chuck what is chuck else chuck's always talking about the politics right as far as we, but chuck's talking you barely can hear and it kind of jumbles together because he is concerned oh my god i think i'm seeing ghosts i think you know because that's what it kind of turns into but it takes a little too long and there there's some weird play in that conversation i'm like i don't know because i i'm terrible with politics i'm like i don't know if you want to spell some of this stuff like weird stuff but who knows fried chicken or but yeah, I'm pretty big with that. But hey, everybody, if you like listen to this, we're going to continue the fun this week with our regular podcast on the regular feed. It comes out on Sunday night. If you want early access to it on Saturday, you can go and sign up to the Patreon for as little as a dollar and get that at patreon.com slash weird science among a bunch of other podcasts as well. But we have some bangers this week, Eric. We have Batman Superman World's Finest number five. Everybody no. loves that. Batman the Night number seven, which I'm going to have to eat crow the whole time. And I'm not looking forward to that, Eric. (laughs) I think that's why I did. It isn't the reason I didn't want it on the TGIF, but it might have been. I want to keep that till say I'll prepare myself to admit that Eric was 100% right. Oh, my God. I hate that. Catwoman number 45. Uh, Well, the problem is that I looked. It was announced like months earlier, but I don't really look at a lot of things look, I like looked that. Up plenty of times, couldn't find it anywhere. Yeah, it was what Chip Zdarsky had said. And what we're saying is Anton is the ghost maker. And I'm like, I don't think I hope. It. And remember what I said, this, this is going to be my politicking for this, Eric. I said that I hoped it wasn't because I thought that was too That'd on the nose. It just didn't. Here's a character who's just like this to no, a T, but not this he, character. He served his purpose. He shot thing. He could come back as a villain later. What's with the gray streaks? It didn't look too old. Uh, also, with that, though, I will mention we're going to be talking Catwoman. And in the other deal in the Batman main run, 
you were convinced that uh, Valmont was sleeping with Selena. But I also said, does Chip Zdarsky making us jealous for freaking Batman? And I didn't even think of it. I should have brought it up at that point where we also in that Batman the night, he tried to make it look like to people in one panel that Batman was going to start making out with Anton. He's big on these little swerves here. That was more of Twitter saying that than the actual comic. But again, that's where we first saw, that's where I first saw the thing with Catwoman as well. People just, they they release these things and they want to upset But I just know if I was in a relationship with Catwoman and I walked in, Selena in her underwear and Valmont in his underwear making breakfast, I'm like, I might jump to some conclusions. You might. And even if it's not those, I like, think there's why more the to fuck it. are you all hanging out in your underwear? That's why I think that there's more to it. What else do we have here, Eric? We have Nightwing. the uh, Nightwing. I'm and going down my list here. Nightwing number 94. Things do pick up a bit in that issue. So I, I think that you'll be happy. And at the end, you're going to be like, oh, my God, what's going to happen to Sister Sister? I don't want to spoil it, Eric, so I did it in code. Sister, sister? Sister, sister. The, the, the old WB TV show? <laughs> yeah, that got canceled, but that might also happen in the book. You go, I tell you that. Uh, and then the Flash 7 to 84, that does tie into the Dark Crisis. So. The Search for Barry Allen. That's a pretty good podcast. And I know that there's a lot of people out there that it are hits. very mad that you didn't give that Flash uh, 0.5 more. Sometimes you come up, uh, off as a bit aloof, Eric. I don't know if you about, realize Shorty? that. Look at you. Yeah, really. You look like you, you think you're higher up than people or whatnot. That's just genetics. <laughs> oh, my God. I was ending up where today we, me and Tanya went to the gym. We went to the Y and we're standing there. Did you wave past as you drove past? We're, no, we're next to these exercise bikes that I told you about. And Tanya's like trying. And I look over and Tanya's like a, an inch you know, shorter than me. But her legs are like four inches short. I'm like, why am I a freak of nature? I should be 6'5 with you. I have the same size. But you got that little baby uh, torso body. And then this torso, which is not great when you start adding weight, I'll tell you. You wow. start adding weight. Just a big old muffin little, top. A little bit at the top. That's what happens. And it's the worst. So I'm working on it, Eric. I'm working out. I'll, I'll let you know what I'm working at. I'm working at the idea that me and you getting in shape and we're going to be on the YouTube's full out video, Eric. I'm going to be doing the blue steel. How much of my body do you need to see? I need it all. Every bit of it. Yeah, that'd be funny. I just have a muscle suit on. Hey there, bro. What's up? Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, that's the problem is you can't work out this ugliness. Seriously. That ain't going to change, Are you getting plastic right? surgery? Like, what do you plan on here? I'll kill you. That's what I'll do. How dare you? Uh, that's the thing. Keep going with it. I just tell them how, because then it'll shock them that they're like, well, he is kind of ugly, but not as ugly as Eric said. That'll be great. That'll actually look better. A small win is still a win. Right? They're like, and plus I'm sitting on, you know, all these phone books. They're like, this guy looks tall and sexy is what he looks. No, tall and not quite ugly. That is true. That's a, hey, I'll go with it. Yeah. If, if somebody said I'm tall and not so ugly, that is a win. That is small like- Small wins are wins, man. They are swiping right, right there for me. Well, let's not go that far. I'm winking at them either, baby. Like, this would be good. This would be a good time. But yeah, I actually, because I've been doing a lot more of the videos, and I always feel like, look at all these guys. Like, And I don't want to shame anybody that I'm doing these videos or with. I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of just as good looking as these schmucks. <laughs> What's my problem? Low self-esteem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is. And actually, I'm tell- I was thinking about it today. All I can think of, and I'll tell you, Double A, Ron, you're not going to be able to, to discredit this at all. I know that that asshole 
as I would have it, he would have some weird screenshot of me with like my, my half my face contorted, like I'm yelling at you, and we'll post those everywhere. And I God, know it would be I him. I know it'd be double A run. At the, I'm telling you, that's what stops me. And I'm I'm thinking of the time where in The Simpsons, when the Homer and he's doing the the smart line, yeah. no, Mr. Simpson, don't come at me in his face and he's drooling and all that. I don't need that shit. That's what they would do. I don't need that, Eric. So Yes, I will be in full kiss makeup. I'll be Ace Freely. So All right. there you go. I even thought of that. That'd be kind of funny. You, Peter, no Chris? Way. No, no. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be the demon. Oh, you're the demon, are you? I'm yes, the space I'm a horror man. kid. I'm the spaceman. I am. I'm gonna be the kitty cat. That's for I sure. I actually thought so. I'm like, okay, I'll get really good. I'm, that's the thing. It's not just getting shape. It's the idea that you have to get the rest of the body so big and great, so then they won't worry about the face. Because I'll just be. I'll be freaking flexing the whole time i'll be doing crazy poses like hey eric why don't we try that book as i'm pumping my tricep at you i i just hurt myself nobody's clicking on that (laughs) i just oh they will believe me and really this is on you know what is that only fans that's how the podcast now sponsored by only fans right there you go eric it'll be awesome they'll be like i thought that i was gonna see dick here i'm like that's him yeah that's true maybe it would be only patreon all right, that's that. But I was thinking about that today while I was working out. So Show take you that. Dick the people alive? Take that, people. No, that was the, I think you would end up doing that. I would not do that. I, again, then Aaron would get a screenshot of that. And, you know, things would be I'm really sure my dick's on the internet you, already. You'd see that huge, weird ball that I have. Nobody needs to see that. Swinging around. Holy moly, it's like bowling balls right now. I, I really have to get this thing fixed, but... With all that, Eric, that's the end. I guess that you have to end it in an awful way to really, you don't want to surprise people when they come to the regular podcast. Plus, isn't that going bananas? I think it is. But Eric, that's the end of the TGIF. Everybody go over to our Twitter at Weird Science DC. Follow us, we'll follow you back. Go to our website, weirdsciencedccomics.com. Check out reviews of the books that come out each week from DC. And then go to our Patreon, patreon.com. Slash Weird Science, where you can get a bunch of shows. I already mentioned the early access to the regular show, but we end up having our Patreon Badass Picks of the Week spotlight. I think it plays out better that way, right, Eric? Formerly known as the Patreon-only spotlight. And this past week, me and Eric talked at length about Artemis, wanted number one. And what else? Just League versus Legion of Superheroes number four. Eric's a little confused. He wants more Gold Lantern. Well, it's the, it's the saga of the Gold Lantern. And we did see, just as a shout out, we did see people talking about Artemis 1 at number one and thinking that the idea that Artemis did end up killing Apollo came out of nowhere. It did not. And we discussed that on the podcast. So if you want to hear us talk about that and how wacky it got that we ended up having Dream Warrior Demon Dogs. I just Dream Warrior Silent odd. Hills. It was crazy. Yeah, so but we had fun doing it, as we did tonight. So everybody check those out. You can check all those links. There's links in our show notes of each and every show, including this one. Most of it is in our campsite bio link. Go there, and it gets all the links, including our Marvel stuff and manga stuff as well. But Eric, what do we say at the end? In a world full of chimps, always make sure you go ape. Go read comics. You are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution.